0: I think a problem with a lot of the older generation is they don't realize the world has moved on and the opportunities for your generation is is totally different. And if you're good at gaming, then become a gamer. if you're good at hacking, then become a hacker. You know, do what you're good at because the world is different.
1: But here I was able to uh, use request manipulation to lead to me being able to get infinite amount of money. I couldn't show the request because there was too much information in there. So you could get personal information about the user as well? Yes, if, if they type like whatever they typed into that chat with the um, calculator, I was able to retrieve.
0: Let's say you're traveling like I was recently in the United States and you need access to the Internet and you see that there's free Wi-Fi available. Do you trust the free Wi-Fi connections that you see out there? Do you trust that if an access point is broadcasting an SSID of McDonald's or Starbucks or something else? that it's actually that company or someone setting up a rogue access point to intercept your traffic. I'm very careful connecting to hotel Wi-Fi, to anything that says free Wi-Fi. If I have to do it, I'm gonna run a VPN. And the VPN that I've been using for a long time is Proton VPN. I started using Proton based on discussions with hackers and cybersecurity experts, as well as what I've read in books such as these. Now, this is a choice that you need to make. Is the Wi-Fi that you're connecting to legitimate? Is it safe to use? Personally, I'm not gonna put my trust in some random Wi-Fi connection out there. I'm gonna use a VPN, and the VPN that I use is Proton VPN. Hey everyone, it's David Bumble back with a very special guest. Gavin, welcome. Thank you, thank you. So Gavin, you gotta tell me, how old are you? I'm, I'm 18 years old. And Gavin, how long have you been hacking for? I would say about five years now. Oh, wow, so you started when you were 13, man. That, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, I started in like the eighth grade, um, just messing around, and in my computer lab and i'm thankful for my computer lab teacher because he let me really start to mess around and introduce me to kali linux and that's kind of what really started it
0: okay hold on so let's start right there because you know we often get this like perception that teenagers get into trouble and a lot of times the authorities don't so-called authorities don't allow them to you know work with kali or whatever but the person that was helping you did something different right
1: right yeah so I was in the computer lab. It was about like 20 or so kids in eighth grade. And normally we would just go into the computer lab for like an hour and we would all be doing these typing lessons and I was typing, but I was kind of getting bored like after a little bit. So I would just be messing around, clicking on the different parts in the computer. And then I came across like the command prompt. This feels like every like hacker's beginning, but I saw like the command prompt and I started to learn. Some, Windows uh, commands. Yeah. Yeah. Windows. And then I remember once like the periods were over, we had to go back to normal class. I would take my notebook and I would be memorizing all the uh, different commands to show the Wi-Fi passwords and you know the simple command prompts.
0: And Joel, how, how did it come about that your, it, was it your teacher, sorry, that uh, introduced you to Kali?
1: I was showing him all the different commands. And he said the one time um, when I came into the class, I didn't have to do the typing anymore. I could mess around with trying to, Break the computer lab, um, and then I I was able to get some Wi-Fi passwords off of the computers and shut down some some different systems. Um, and then we I talked to him after class. I was saying like, what can I do to like learn further? And he said to take a look into like Cali Linux. That's amazing. I mean, it's it's
0: fantastic when people you know don't stop you. Or stop your curiosity and allow you to you know grow in what you're interested in and i mean just for everyone who's watching i got to know gavin through no and that's sort of how you reached out to us is that right right
1: correct yeah shout out shout out no harm i love that guy
0: yeah he's amazing i mean but i mean the the thing that's amazing to me based on like what he told me and what what you've said is you've got into bug bounty since then and you've actually you know hack companies and you've made quite a bit of money to kind of pay for your studies i think it is so perhaps you could just tell us the story right
1: yeah so i really started looking into bug bounties i guess in like 2021 so i've been doing it for a couple of years now and you know i'm not i'm not the best but it it can definitely uh excite me when i get a couple of bounties um especially at a at a younger age cuz the the companies do pay sometimes a a good amount of money but yeah it de- definitely does help my uh bank account. Yeah, so I mean, you, I, I, I don't know if you can share
0: ex- figures and I believe you've got something to share. So, I mean, if you, I don't want to jump the gun. If you want to go through wh- what you prepared, then we can do that. But I, I love the story that I read on Medium where you wrote about how you failed a test, right? Or like a quiz or yes. something. And then you, yes. you hacked a company and made some money out of
1: it, right? Go on. Yeah, so I could tell you that story. So it was in high school. I'm pretty sure it was my sophomore year of high school. So that's like the second year. And I had a English class that was extremely boring. And I was messing around <laughs> on my computer before the <laughs> teacher came in and I was looking at like the main page of a website and there was like an opt out button. And when I clicked it, it gave me a prompt for an email to like put in an email. So I typed in a random email and I hit like opt out and then it brought me to a different URL. Once I was there, I looked into the, the you know, the URL tab and I changed the The last digit from like a three to a four and then a different email popped up with the opt-out button again or remove from all email notifications so once that happened i i felt extremely hot i was like i was like shaking i was like oh my gosh i almost i think this is like my first bug that i've ever found um because this was the this was the first time i ever actually found like a valid security issue so then he comes into the class and he's like all right everyone we're gonna have a I think it was like a vocab test or something. So it was like 20 or so questions. And I basically just answered, I just circled all A's for each one, handed it in, ran back to my computer. And basically I was writing up the report in class and it took about it took about two months to get paid, but I was sitting in my room where I am now um, after that test, which I extremely failed very badly, but it's okay. Um, and I got the email <laughs> notification And it said the company um, rewarded me with a thousand dollar bounty that was my first bounty ever and that's basically the story of how i failed my test
0: so tell me uh, just for international audience because i I always get mixed up with the us years and stuff how old were you when this happened
1: i would i think i was about
0: 15 or 16 at the time so i mean that's amazing because i sometimes here in the community, you need to go and study a whole bunch of stuff before you can, you know, start hacking. But at 15 years old, I mean, what did you study? How did you basically get to that point where you were able to hack a company and, you know, get $1,000? Right.
1: Really, I was just watching a bunch of YouTube videos like Nahamsek as well as you, um, just basically just watching a bunch of YouTube videos, staying up super late. I was just so like addicted to wanting to learn. Um, basically, I would just watch so many videos. I would submit a bunch of bugs that were really not valid vulnerabilities, um, things like without like, um, CSRF, like there's no protection against that. Um, so I definitely failed a lot before that. Um, but basically just trial and error and then doing some minimal research, but I didn't buy any courses. I didn't like buy some books and like go to like any other additional resources really.
0: So you didn't do hack the box or try hack me or anything like that. No courses. You just kind of like went straight into bug bounty and tried things.
1: Yeah, I did try Hackme and stuff like that for other types of um, cybersecurity, but nothing for like web application really. I was mainly focused on um, like Windows exploitation on um, try hack
0: So for the bug bounty, you, you obviously had to learn how stuff works, right? So you, you, when, you were, when you were 13 or whatever, you, you learned a bit about like command prompt and then you started learning about Kali. Did you just like, was it YouTube videos teaching you how the web works and stuff that taught you how to you know, do web hacking?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I would just watch some Kali Linux videos uh, with like man in the middle stuff like that. And that kind of brought me into like the world of web, web um, security. And from there, I would I would test things out on my own network. And my parents would be a little concerned when they come in and see my computer screens with all this information, but it paid off now. So so did they? How did they react to that? I mean, obviously in the beginning, that would have been a bit nervous. But did they? Have you
0: like? Are, are they used to what you're doing and understand what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, they're they're definitely used to it. Once they once they saw the money, and I kind of explained them and showed them like my Twitter following stuff like that. My mother actually came to Def Con with me, and she so she flew out. Uh, she she didn't like go into Def Con, but she came to Las Vegas with me, um, and met Jacoby. So. It's kind of funny.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Interesting that you 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 mentioned Jacoby because you also do Hack Five stuff, right? It's not just web hacking.
1: Right. Yeah, Jacoby really uh, opened my eyes to bad USB and just payloads in general. And me and him would be up late nights, just like I was doing with bug bounties. Uh, we would just be grinding, making payloads and we would be having a blast
0: because you won some awards from hack five, right? For is it hack five stuff, but you also do flipper zero. So tell us a bit about that. Um,
1: 2022, I was third place for the payload awards and I was able to get some gift cards to uh, the hack five shop. So now I, I have a bunch of their tools, but yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. I think there's around 30, some payloads that I submitted to them, um, to get to that, to that spot. You were 17 when you were doing that, right? Yes, correct. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's amazing. I think it's a big inspiration for people who are watching because I interview a lot of like older people or people who are, you know, been in the journey a lot longer than you. But I think it's really inspirational that you were able to do so much so soon you know you didn't stop at 13 you started 18 you well i mean earlier than that you are already making money uh 17 you um you you you're winning awards i mean that's fantastic so are you planning to go on this journey or are you at university are you studying something else what, what, what are your plans
1: yeah so right now i'm in university my major is like international security and then I have a minor in cybersecurity, but I plan to continue this cybersecurity stuff with my career and as a hobby as well. I'm I'm so deeply involved and addicted, like there's really nothing else I would choose to do. So I, I get this from a lot of younger people, how do you? How
0: did you convince your parents, or how did you, you know, speak to them about letting you do this? I mean, obviously the Twitter following helped and, and, and stuff like that. But how did you approach it when they, they, they first saw what you were doing and perhaps were worried?
1: So it was def- They were definitely worried in the beginning, um, especially in the the Cali Linux days where I was middlemanning our own Wi-Fi and things like that. But I basically I would like just they would come in, they would be extremely curious and somewhat worried about what I was doing. um, And I would just show them like the boat, like the pros and the cons, like, this is what could happen. But then there's ways to protect it. And like, that's what I want to, I want to pursue, I want to learn how to do both of those. Just by that, I've always wanted to be like, understanding how things work. So they they kind of took that uh, hand in hand and just let me trusted me in what I wanted to do. Now, I know you, Gavin, you, you've prepared
0: something right to, to talk about some of the bugs that you got and the money that you earned sort of some tips and tricks. So I'm, I'm going to keep quiet now. Don't you want to like share your experience? I mean, I think it's amazing yeah. that someone at your age has done so much and can be an inspiration for other people who are watching. So go for it.
1: Cool. Yeah. So the bug we were talking about was a IDOR, which is a insecure direct object reference and I basically just compiled some tips and then I have some screenshots of applications that I found these bugs in. So I'm just going to quickly go over the tips I think are pretty helpful for beginners to start looking. So the first tip obviously is to inspect your HTTP history. Um, you could do this within burp and basically I just go through my HTTP history and I look for endpoints that are numerical. Um, sometimes you can get IDORs with more advanced uh, like numbers in the URLs, but I normally just look for like IDs, like one, two, three, four or things like that. Um, Next is testing beyond like the standard parameters in the URLs. Um, Sometimes I found IDORs within like the body of the HTTP requests. Um, I think people might overlook that when they're going through their burp suite history. Uh, They just tend to look at the URL bar. Um, but there's a lot of hidden data in those uh, HTTP requests.
0: How did you learn Burp?
1: I kind of downloaded it and got so confused that I eventually learned how to use it. So because did you go in like
0: Portsmouth's academy or did you just play around? Sorry,
1: I stayed away from the academy, which might be against what a lot of people say, but I really like just forcing myself inside applications and just learning them like that
0: that's great and did are you using the free version or the paid version for you know when you got these bugs
1: yeah so I've, i've used the free version the community version that's great sorry go on and then you have to understand the broader impact of the idoors so a lot of the times i i find like some information leaks but i try to further increase the impact so like privilege escalation or personally identifiable information leaks. Sometimes if there's an eye door on the system or in the application, there is probably another one somewhere around because the developers are building the same app. So they might have those same tendencies, which is kind of the last point I made here, which is look for patterns in the application um, because they might be susceptible as well. What shirt you've got on? You've got a really special shirt on, right? Oh yeah. I got my Hacker, uh, one, yeah. Hacker one shirt on here. I forget what reputation level this was but i think it was maybe a thousand or 750 i'm i forget off the top of my head
0: so that's the platform you joined right
1: yeah so i really only hunt on hacker one um i do have accounts on integrity and bug crowd but i kind of built my history on hacker one and i have a lot of like private invitations there so that's kind of where i Focus my energy towards that's fantastic sorry man i keep taking you off on attention it's all good all right so next i have a couple of screenshots here um from some bugs i found and all of the information is redacted um so it's just kind of to show people what it kind of looks like um so here's an idor that was leading to the disclosure of location of any team um so this team this app was for managing um teams or like communities i was looking at all the different functions under the team management and as you can see here if you can see on the uh the request it's a forecast so basically this function allowed administrators of the team to see how the weather would be in their specific location and that's what that team id would be tied to um, which is kind of it's put in a purple highlight right there and basically it's just a numerical id and i change it a couple times within burp suite and as you can see on the right um there's the latitude the longitude and basically everything about where the team was located so there was a bunch of addresses and information tied back to people's locations within their teams so you could find individual people's addresses and stuff like that no it was just the actual location of like the team whoever whoever created the team they would add a address for wherever that would be but um in this way this is kind of a a leak of information that might not be publicly available. If you had a book club, and it was at someone's house, and they put the address as their house, then you would be able to get their address. Yeah. Okay, this one was pretty severe. Um, This was a application for Calculators, um, it's just a, bu- it's a mathematical site which you're able to give it your feed it equations and it'll spit out the answers. And here's an example of what I was saying about an IDOR being able to be used in the uh, body of the HTTP request. As you can see, the URL is only uh, two different uh, words and there's no numerical ID in the URL. The ID actually lies in the HTTP request. And as you can see on the right, I was able to get the user id and then the action which is basically the message that they sent the calculator and i was able to get about every single message that that user id sent to the calculator and you can also you could type words into there so i was able to pull back a pretty severe amount of information from that
0: so you could get personal information about the user as well
1: yes if if they type like whatever they typed into that chat with the um, calculator I was able to retrieve. That's great. And the, the only issue with some of these bugs is sometimes obviously you'll get duplicates or not applicable because at the end of the day, the company decides. And sadly for this one, it would have been a nice payout, but someone on the internal development team found this before I did and reported it, so. But I and mean, it's a learning this...
0: experience, right? I mean, it's, and it's something that you can show like you're doing here. It's not like it's wasted. You've, you've learned a lot and you know, it's something that you can demonstrate to others. Sorry, go on.
1: Definitely. Yeah. So then this one kind of similar to the team, uh, management platform. This one was just an information disclosure via the iDoor. So this one is used a lot in education. This application is also used for teams as well, but mainly for education. So different classes and stuff like that within school districts. Um, And basically, I was able to pull back. It's kind of blurry, but you were able to pull back the phone numbers of whoever created the teams, the email addresses and a list of all of the parents' names which are in like the the students of the class. So, yeah, basically a lot of too much information, I should say. All right, I think that's it for iDoors. The next bug that I love looking for and finding are business logic errors. The thing I want to say about these is it really depends on the company. Some companies will not pay for these bugs because they don't think it's a security vulnerability rather than just like a a logic kind of error. But if basically if a company is losing money, you should report it because they can they might take that into consideration. So some tips I have for this is check pricing models. So a lot of companies will have different tiers. Um, say like, if you can only have five people in this group and you're able to get 10, and you're supposed to pay for more and you're not paying for more, that's a that's a business logic error. So see if you can bypass payments through that. Um, rate limiting is a big thing with business sensitive functions. So like I was just saying, if you're able to use a race condition or something, which I'll explain in a little bit, you're able to basically bypass their protections or their their payment tiers um, to be able to do that and basically these two last ones are are a little iffy but you can like simple math and some of these like vulnerabilities really come to show which I'll explain I think in one of the next two slides and then also revisiting previously patched vulnerabilities Um, I found this a couple times with some trading platforms where they might have fixed like the math logic on one uh trading function but another function has the same issue later on so this one was the trading platform that i was talking about now this is not real money i wish it was
0: <laughs> i was gonna say you're but, rich.
1: <laughs> yeah i wish um but this is basically a simulation of the stock market as well as a crypto simulator so it pulls real-time stock market information and you can basically mess around with trading stocks, and you could basically just learn how the stock market works. But here, I was able to uh, use request manipulation to lead to me being able to get infinite amount of money. Um, I couldn't show the request because there was too much information in there. But basically, all I did was when I intercepted the request, I changed the buy, like me buying the stock to a negative number. And that somehow tricked the application in the background to give me the negative amount of the stock so i was able to have this amount of cash just in my account it was it was kind of confusing and it's hard to explain without showing you the request but it has a little bit too much information to show but you didn't make that money man but it's great right it, yeah I, I wish this was real money and maybe they would have made it a a bigger bounty but sadly it was only fictitious cash Okay, and like I was talking about the race condition, um, this company had a different pricing tiers for the amount of people you were allowed in your specific group. So I used a vulnerability called a race condition, which sends requests at the same time, hoping that the application can't differentiate each request which was the case here. As you can see, I was able to invite all of these emails to my um, team here when I was only allowed to have about five, I think. Nice. And yeah, so that was a that was my two business logic error screenshots. And here's the screenshot of my uh, Hack5 payload uh,
0: hero. Gavin, that's fantastic. I think that a lot of people will be thinking like, okay, I'm a teenager, or I'm younger, or I'm moving, and I don't wanna just say young people, because some people watch these videos, some of them are much older, but they're moving from, say, one career to another. What advice do you have? Especially for, let's start with younger people, people your age, or, you know, if I'm 14 years old, and I wish I was, but I mean, let's say I'm 14 years old and I I wanna become like you. Any tips and advice based on your journey, you know, what what would you advise me to do?
1: Um, It's kind of funny asking or being asked for advice um, when I'm, I'm normally the one like listening to advice, I guess something from that is listen to people, but don't do exactly as they say all of the time. I think people's success is a case by case like issue. I feel like a bunch of people will just give you advice on how they ca- became successful, which might help you. But at the same time, you kind of have to make your own path, because if you're doing the same thing that everyone else is doing, you're going to there's there's too many people already doing that.
0: I mean that's fantastic advice i mean it's uh you say you don't normally give advice you should give more advice so any more advice because that's brilliant advice
1: yeah i guess i would say i think this is a pretty common one but do what you love i know it might be a little harder if you're older but especially if you're younger you have a a lot more time you can really you can really focus what you want to do and just become addicted to it and just dive deep and and Love what you do.
0: Did it affect your grades? I mean, I know it's that one test you <laughs> you didn't do so good, but I mean, did it affect your grades when you got consumed by this and your parents got worried, or did you manage to balance, you know, your passion for this versus, you know, what you have to do, like go to school,
1: whatever? I've been kind of the same mindset with school my entire life. It's kind of always been my like second priority, which is not how it's supposed to be. My grades have been the same. They're not the best, but they're good enough so I can pass. But
0: I mean, you got into university, right? So I mean, you must have done fairly well,
1: right? Right, and, and definitely, uh, uh, being in university has kind of showed me that time management is more important. But I would definitely say that I, I've, I've been able to keep my grades up as well as doing things that I love. So I mean, you didn't do you didn't read a lot of books. You didn't do courses. You just like trial and error. I suppose is the way to describe what you did, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, um, the only really courses I've ever taken were for like certifications. Other than that, I, I don't really like spending money. So I never really want to spend money on a, a course to learn how to do something when I rather just throw myself into it, spend the money on tools and learn that way. I think application is more my type of learning.
0: I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, it's everyone has different pods and different ways to learn, but it's fantastic to hear yours. So when you said you spend money on tools, are there any specific tools that you, you I mean, Burp, you, you're using the community edition, so it, it doesn't cost anything. Are there any other specific tools that you'd recommend people invest in, or is it just a specific use case for you for yourself?
1: Yeah, so for um, online security, I really haven't spent much money. I've tried tools here and there, but I don't. I don't like, as I said, I don't really like spending money on tools like that. I guess most of my money has become tools like physical tools, like the hack five products, or I have right here, a, uh, hack RF nice ProxMark. So I kind of like mess around with tools physically, but I would say if I was to buy one tool to help me in bug bounty, it would be trickist, which is a, it's an automation platform. And I've, I've done a lot of stuff in there with, um, at scale, um, vulnerability scanning, but that would be a case by case issue as well. Like if, if you're wanting to do, um, bigger scale operations, uh, I think that would be the go-to, but other than that, I would say just load up burp suite and focus your attention there.
0: Your hack five payloads. Do you have any favorites that you, you know, you really like or enjoyed making?
1: yes so i have a next slide here um these are my two favorite payloads Uh, i worked on copy and waste with jacoby and hack5ceo darren kitchen um when we were at defcon i was talking to darren for a while and he was telling me about some ideas he had for a payload and one of them was using the clipboard history on windows and that kind of sparked the idea in my head i was like okay well give me a couple weeks and I'll have something uploaded to your GitHub, and basically, I made the payload called "Copy and Waste" instead of "Copy and Paste." Every, I think, at five seconds or so, it'll get the contents of your clipboard, and it'll send it to a Discord webhook. And yeah, it'll just it'll populate there with whatever you copy. So that could be passwords from password managers, emails, basically whatever you have copied in your clipboard.
0: Is that running on a rubber ducky or is that how does it get on the computer and is it you know does it stay in memory or how
1: does it work a kind of design that jacoby and i have been using for our most like recent payloads is when once you plug in a rubber ducky flipper zero whatever it'll download a powershell file hosted either on dropbox discord something like that it'll download it it'll run it and then it'll delete the powershell file um, this might not be the most efficient or uh, secret way to run these payloads, but most of these are just a proof of concept to show that these things can happen and the PowerShell code is there. That's great. And the other one is what browser grab or something? Yeah. So there's been a, a couple of iterations that other people have made of this one. Um, and everyone kind of asks for this payload. This one was kind of suspicious due to the reason that we had to download an executable to be able to decrypt the passwords that are in stored in Chrome and whatnot. But basically this one will download a um, executable that decrypts the passwords in like your Google Chrome, basically all of the browsers. So Microsoft Edge, Google Chrome, Firefox, it will uh, decrypt the passwords and it would also exfiltrate bookmarks, history and cookies, and it'll send that to a Discord webhook or upload it to Dropbox or something like that.
0: Gavin, question for you. You mentioned Darren Hack5. You've mentioned some like really well-known names in the sort of our discussion. What opened the doors for you? Because I'm a boomer, even though I'm not. In my day, I had to get a degree. (laughs) I had to do this, I had to do that to get doors opened. But your journey isn't like that, right?
1: Yeah, I would say basically what, what happened, I guess, with me is I've just, like just like have done like work consistently that eventually someone who's maybe a little bit bigger will notice it. And you can either try to reach out to them or they'll reach out to you. But I would say doing work consistently is really what will help get eyes on you. Um, either they'll reach out to you or you'll reach out to them. But I would like to say uh, the main two people that have really helped me is Cosmodium which is a uh, cybersecurity group. And basically I've been with them since my freshman year. Or so right after I graduated or from grade school, and basically we would just be learning in uh, late night discord calls, same thing as I said before. Um, and they really helped me organize basically what I wanted to do. And they're just like my friends, just like in person, but i would be hanging out with them. Then the next person would be Jacoby. Like I said, when we would be making those payloads, uh, we basically got to the top of the leaderboard and that's when people started to notice and basically just started from there. So how did you meet Jacoby? Was it through the Hack5 development that you did and then he noticed you?
0: I mean, how did you make that connection to someone like who's so well known?
1: Yeah, so I'm pretty sure from what I remember is he was friends with one of the people in Cosmodium and we were just in a voice Chat together, and I was just uh, asking questions about his stuff. Hit up his DMs on Discord, and then we were just in calls by ourselves after that, and we we just started from there.
0: It's amazing because I get I get two things from what you've said, and I always say this to people: put your work out there, right? You you put your work out there, and you weren't scared to network with people. Is that is that kind of correct?
1: Uh, yeah, I definitely say that second point. Um, networking obviously is one of the one of the greatest tools you can ever have is knowing people. And just from from Cosmodium and Jacoby, I I've met so many people and the position I'm in now, even at 18, is is remarkable. I, I am so excited to see what the future holds.
0: No, I love it because I mean I I have a quite a large following and um I get a lot of pushback. People say, David, it was easy in your days. It's not easy today. And then I look at you and I think man this is amazing look at you and what you've been able to accomplish when i was young it was so much harder it was so much harder to network the the opportunities weren't there i mean the fact that you can legally hack companies at like 16 or whatever and then get paid for that and also get recognized for that i think the opportunities are
1: amazing definitely yeah I'd, i'd say my main two tools for networking are twitter and discord um i think discord is actually is a better tool because you can really become like closer with people from just being in like a discord with them and messaging with them a couple times rather than twitter like trying to get through all of their dms and whatever so how did you differentiate that you weren't just
0: some kid uh, is it because of the work that you were doing like the fact that you had recognition on hacker 1 the fact that you had recognition on hack 5 because i mean obviously some the people would have taken you seriously for some reason right
1: yeah so i don't know what has really done that you just have to put yourself out there. Like it's it's definitely a little intimidating when I go to things like DEF CON where it's 40, 30 year olds, all older than me. I think I was like at least one of the younger ones there. They definitely give you an interesting look. They're not standoffish. Though they just are sort of like how how are you here, I guess. The thing about the world today, right, is it's age
0: isn't a, isn't a factor. I mean, it's, it's amazing that you could do so much in like in five years or so, and it's only gonna get bigger now. And I, I think a question I wanna ask you, cause I'm sure, sure a lot of people are dying to know this is, can people reach you or reach out to you and get some advice? And, and if they can, where should they go?
1: I'll answer um, basically anywhere. Discord and Twitter are like my main, main two applications that I use. Um, and I would like to say that I'm, I'm not Hollywood, um, so I'll I'll answer anyone from any school level. I don't I don't care how well known you are or not. I mean that's the thing. You know we all I I always
0: like to say we all started at zero, and we all had a journey. And I love what you said earlier that you know everyone's path is different, or anyone everyone's journey is different. Get advice, but you've got to make your own way. And I think it's important that people who are experienced in the industry help the next generation i mean you 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 are the next generation it's important that you help other people who are your age but also anyone who's older anyone's got more experience we need to help
1: one another rather than bash one another exactly um a thing with that like the next generation uh, a bunch of people in my bug bounty server are the same age as me or even a year or two younger and they've they're wanting to learn and um i'm right there with them showing them the the different techniques and whatever to be able to become this next generation. So, what do you think? This is a
0: bit of a nasty question. What does the next generation, like your generation, bring to the table that the boomers, if you like, just use that as a joke, don't don't have? Um, what are you doing differently?
1: Yeah, I think growing up with technology is is a big factor in that, like we understand the industry more because we we are just have been born in it. I feel like older people have to learn the industry, but we've just been born in the industry. So we already have that preconceived knowledge.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I always use the story that my daughter at that time was two years old and she taught me about something on an iPad just by messing around. And I think that's exactly right, right? You digital
1: natives, it's just natural to you. Exactly, I, I think it's an analogy I guess would be You're if right now, if I had to be put on a farm with a farmer, I would have to learn everything, and the farmer would have to come to my room and learn about all this technology. So, I feel like it's just how we've been born into these industries. Have you
0: had people push against you, like say, get away, you're just some dumb kid, or has the community been welcoming and helping you? And if you've had pushback, you know, how did you handle that?
1: Yeah, I think kind of in the beginning, it was more my fault at the time because I'm so young or because I was younger, Um, I didn't know how to effectively communicate with people or companies. I feel like there was still that lack of maturity in the way that I communicated, so people didn't take me as serious, but I had that thirst for knowledge at that time too, but I just didn't know how to communicate my thirst for knowledge. So I I think I read it on Medium, you said something like when you submitted a bug, you didn't do a great job doing a report, but they still gave you the money, right? Yeah, at the time, my reports were brutal to look at. i I just kind of submitted the URL where the bug was and uh, a couple sentences on why it why it's wrong. But now I spend about thirty to forty minutes writing up a report.
0: So any advice for someone younger trying to get into bug bounty or into cyber? like I mean, you've already given a lot of advice, but any like final thoughts, advice for someone?
1: Yeah, I would say the number one thing, especially with bug bounties and like reporting. Issues, um, which I find helpful as well, is uh, using artificial intelligence like ChatGPT or whatever to basically help you frame your reports. What I've done is I have a couple outlines that I use, so I would I asked it, can you create an outline for a cross-site scripting vulnerability report? And basically, it'll it'll map out each section like the URL that's affecting, what's the potential impact, and basically it just helps me effectively communicate with the company in a professional manner.
0: That's fantastic. So let's talk more about that. Have you found that AI has really helped you? or is it just in the reporting side or was it elsewhere as well?
1: Yeah, I would say, especially nowadays, I think it, it has greatly uh, sped up my, my learning and has definitely made it um, easier to find things. Like uh, the, yesterday I was messing around with my SDR, um, which is like a software-defined radio. I was looking for some specific frequencies that I could test like in my area yeah. and i basically asked it like can you give me some frequencies to test and what band should i be using whatever and it listed a bunch and i was able to quickly get to them like that that was chat right yes i have the paid version but i'm sure you could do it without it
0: yeah i mean chat gpt is amazing if you have you used any other ai tools or is it mainly that
1: yeah so mainly uh i use chat gpt i've i've been subscribed for a while now and they've definitely improved stuff but i i tried um, google bard i just have favorited towards chat gpt
0: so it's more for report writing or like research it's not for like actual hacking right
1: yeah i definitely yeah definitely more more research than anything i feel like it's kind of limited in the in the aspects of what it can really do like giving you um certain information but there are some type of uh chatbots that are like uncensored. I mean, it's
0: fantastic that you use ChatGPT to write a professional report. That's the way of the future, right? Don't try and reinvent the wheel, just use something like that to help you make your life easier and do things better.
1: Exactly. I think um, it can benefit both the reporter and the reader of the report. I feel bad for whoever was reading my reports when I first submitted them, but <laughs> now I try to make it as smooth as possible, so.
0: A lot of people who watch my videos are your age. I can't give advice to your generation. So is there anything else you wanna like say to someone your age or like inspiration to younger people? You've given a lot of that, but if there's anything else.
1: Yeah, I mean, still like the biggest thing is, especially if you're young, you have a lot of time and your life is still very malleable. So just do what what you wanna do. And even if it's not the most uh, socially accepted, um, I know a lot of my friends, they mess around with me. Saying whatever I do online, but at the end of the day, I'm still I'm still getting that paycheck from sitting at my desk. So they can say whatever they want.
0: I was just gonna say, let's see what they say when you get your Ferrari, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Then then we'll see who's talking.
0: Yeah, yeah I always find it hilarious because it's um it's that old old joke. You know the um people hate on the nerds or whatever. You know whatever joke you want to use or hate on people who are in cyber who's stuck in a dark room busy hacking. But let's see what happens in the future when you have a, your Ferrari or whatever you you know you get one day. Uh, let's see what exactly. they say then
1: i think cybersecurity is a great foundation in just a way to like think um like the hacker mindset i feel like it is applied to so many things in my life not even just technology based but if i have a project to do around home it's really like it helps so much with problem solving especially in school as well um i feel like i'm able to do my work or just figure out things so much faster because i have a mindset that like i want to be able to solve problems.
0: I love that. I mean, it's that whole hacker's mindset is not just about hacking servers or hacking companies, right? It's a whole way of thinking. And I think if you can learn that way of thinking, it's a huge advantage.
1: Exactly. Um, The only other thing is I do want to thank my parents. I know some people might have some issues with parents or they might not fully understand what they're doing. But my parents, they've really shown me the support that I need and I'm really appreciative towards them for allowing me to do this all at the age of what I am.
0: I think it's fantastic. And you know, kudos to your folks. Um, I I heard of someone else who wanted to be a gamer, who was like 14 or whatever, and the parents discouraged that. And and my attitude was like, what? If this this kid is good at gaming, then they should game. I think a problem with a lot of the older generation is they don't realize the world has moved on and the opportunities for your generation is, is totally different. To say, for instance, my generation. And if you're good at gaming, then become a gamer. Or if you're good at hacking, then become a hacker. You know, do what you're good at because the world is different. And you know, huge kudos to your folks for letting you do this. Exactly.
1: Yeah. If if you know deep down what you want to do, and the people that you're listening to aren't aren't telling you that, then find other people to listen to because that's just not that's just not how it is anymore.
0: Kevin, I really want to thank you for sharing. You know, you said you normally listen to people. But the advice you've given is 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 fantastic, and I, I I love interviewing a range of people. I can't talk to your generation like you can. I really want to thank you for sharing, you know, your perspective, sharing for the younger generation, the next generation, because the world will continue having this disaster with cybersecurity unless your generation come up with new ideas and better ways to do things. So, thanks for so much for sharing. Any last words before we wrap up?
1: I think that was a a great time, and I'm I'm just. Thank you for having me on here. It's, it's a dream, it's definitely a dream come true. That's fantastic, man, it's great to have you. And thank you for
0: inspiring everyone. So everyone who's watching, please connect to Gavin. I've put in his Twitter and his Discord links below. Ask your questions, especially if you're a younger person and you know you find that I'm a boring old guy, then you know connect to Gavin and get his input about what you should be doing with your life. Gavin, again, thanks so much, man. Thank you.